She is a business startup coach to aspiring entrepreneurs seeking greater clarity and simplicity to live their true life's purpose. Through her coaching, she guides her clients with mind-body empowerment tools to spark the transformation of a physical and spiritual awakening to live and feel her most alive self. At an even deeper level, the core foundation of her teachings unleash a deep understanding of one's energy, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. She is a great conversationalist, a very spiritual soul, and just really fun to hang around with. Firecrackers, please welcome Jessica Schiller. Welcome to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. I'm Isabel, your host and founder and firebrand of The Uprising Spark, a digital platform that offers life coaching products and services for modern, independent, child-free women. Our aim is to build a strong female community and to connect empowered women around the globe. What is that thing hanging behind you? I love it. It's like a vintage, it's like a screen almost. Is that what you're talking about? Or the no, flag? the flags, yeah. Okay, I don't know if I'm at that, the flags or the um, my totem that I made in San Diego. Okay, I want to know about the flags and the totem. <laughs> I want to. <laughs> the flags, um, they're just kind of like, actually a friend bought it for me as a gift. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's all Sanskrit. So it's like understanding, intuition, communication energy balance and stability they're like prayer flags yeah and I didn't know where to hang it in my office so I said oh I'll just drape it onto the the screen and then this totem it's actually an ancient tradition to make your own totems I was in it was almost like an artisan village when I was in San Diego visiting and you make your own so I don't know if you can see I'll take it down but um like after you're done meditating you like ring the bell and it like sets the intention uh-huh. But I picked these. So you just pick like the color beads. Um, I chose the numbers 18. It's significant of life wow. uh, in my culture. Uh, and all of my business offerings, everything is priced in denominations of 18, just energetically. So how's that? So that's why I picked the 18. Um, this is, it's like the symbol of New Mexico. I'm not uh-huh. sure exactly. But I just, I like it. It's pretty. Um, live, because that's kind of like the spirit of my business and my work is like coming alive and living. Yeah. Um, and this is, forget that. Well, here's a lotus flower on the back. There's actually two different symbols here. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of like the Jewish star, but then it's got like a lotus coming out of it. It looks like a chakra actually. Yeah, it is. The sh- yeah. The heart chakra. Oh yeah. yeah. And then this is um, like a piece dove. So. Oh, I love it. I've never done one of those. I mean, I think like most people have had like charms, usually like get like little, I don't know, like a little charm maybe, or you put something in your wallet or something like I come from a very Latin American, like very Latin American country, of course, but (laughs) it's very religious. Where are you from in Latin America? I'm Colombian. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. And, um, and so most people here carry like little stamps with the saints or the virgin or something so there's always something that you're carrying around you know just to give you that and And it's nice to have those you know intentions or amulets or keepsakes like I don't know if you can see my necklace yeah um where this it's actually there's a beautiful little tea shop in my local town and this is just a selenite wand 
Oh. Uh, but also they say that like the angels are with you. So similar to, you know, in Latin culture. And then every day I put it on, it reminds me to set an intention for the day. Yeah. Uh, you know, things that I want to manifest in that day, or even just a prayer that I have for, for yeah. somebody else. Huh. That's awesome. So you just mentioned something about the number 18 being meaningful for your culture. What do you, what do you mean by that? So well, I'm Jewish. So in Judaism, uh, 18 is life. But I also believe in many different types of spirituality and different movements. I really follow everything, Hindu, Buddhism, um, Zen, you know, all different types of movement. But really, to me, I I just like that it symbolizes life. And that's really kind of my story and and how I evolved into doing the work that I do is this whole process of coming alive and really living, right? Living while you're alive and not just like going through the motions of life. So everything that I do, even when I donate, uh, it's all priced in denominations of 18. So all my offerings are priced in eight. Everything is just aligned with 18. And it's funny because ever since I started doing that, you know, about five years ago, I found that things come back to me, right? Law of attraction in 18s. So it's just kind of funny. Or I'll just see it everywhere. Like on my receipt, you know, like a bill will be like 1818 at the grocery store or, you know, a domination of 36, which is two times 18. And to me, it always reminds me also that, you know, angels are with me or whatever you believe in, you know, God, universe, spirit. It's always a divine reminder because I set that intention of 18 out there. And then I believe that it, it comes back to me in the same vibration. Nice. I have, I have that, but with the number 1111. And I think many 11, people 11, do. 1111, yeah. I see it all the time. Yeah. My grandma used to believe in angels like a lot. Like she would have angels in all ways and forms and art and like all over her, her house. She wasn't a particularly religious woman, which is really strange for somebody her age. Well, from her generation in this country. But um, she would tell me stories about angels. And, you know, I I do feel that there are like beings watching over us. Um, and 1111 is also my reminder of, you know, there's somebody right now, you know, just reminding you. And uh, that, and this is really the message that I get is something that you just mentioned and is to live while you're alive. That is powerful. AF, that is powerful. powerful because there's so many I've heard in so many occasions people say I'm just going to wait until this happens or until I do this to do you know to kind of like start my life and that to me is like uh, well I I think I started my life when I like was born like literally what are you waiting for (laughs) yeah why are you waiting and and sometimes things are waiting for are not even like they, they can't even like influence directly in those. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why are you waiting for something, someone else to give you or some, something else to come along that you can't really control for you to like, you know, quote, start living your life. I don't understand that. Yeah, I, I don't either, but it's prominent, you know, in society and, and so many people are waiting until they have enough money or enough time. And I really feel like you have to make that happen. You know, it's not just going to come to you. And if you wait, like I said, that's why I'm really passionate about, you know, live while you're alive. And I don't want to get into too much detail in case my friend is not comfortable me speaking about it. But I have a dear friend whose husband was waiting till retirement to live his life. And he's, he's dying now. And it's just like, it breaks my heart that he only was retired for six months you know, when he was diagnosed with, with onset Alzheimer's and it's just, 
it makes you think, you know, and, and I have a dear friend who it's not even age related. I have a dear friend at the age of 26, 27, who passed away really young and was always just so unhappy with her life, no matter what she had. She was the most beautiful girl. She had all the money in the world. And I just really think it's a divine reminder to think about what really matters in life. You know, is that something that comes from the outside world or is that something that we have to cultivate within? Uh, and again, I didn't want to get too morbid on this conversation, but right, living while you're alive. I don't know if you've heard of the book by Bronnie Ware, the top, I think it's top 10 regrets of the dying. And oh, yeah. it's a whole book memoir that she was the caretaker for eight years of people in their later stages. And it's all these stories of all these things they wish they had done. But at that point, right, it's too late. And so even though, you know, obviously I'm young and I'm healthy and there, there's nothing wrong with me, it, it just, it's helped to remind that like, live while you're alive, right? And me, I felt dead at my corporate job. You know, I didn't have a physical condition, but emotionally I was broken. And every day I just say to myself, like, is this what life is all about? Like, there's gotta be something more. There's gotta be something more. Until I finally had the courage to just say, you know, F it and, you know, move on with my life and start making moves, you know, one step at a time until now, right? It's my everyday reality. And every day I wake up, I feel blessed that I had the courage to do that. And it's actually podcasting that really was the catalyst. I used to listen to podcasts every day on my way to work. I had an hour and a half commute to San Francisco every day. And that's why I'm passionate about speaking out, you know, speaking my story, speaking out about how just speaking about your story and and getting out there, whether it's in social media, whatever your platform is, or even if it's journaling, where nobody can see what's going on in your mind, just having some outlet to get it out of your mind and out into the world and into the universe is such a healing practice. Yeah, no, absolutely. Oh, and by the way, you can curse here. (laughs) you can can curse all you want i love cursing but i usually try to restrain myself because some folks don't really like it that much um getting back into what we were just talking about I, i i couldn't like i couldn't agree more i think that just the fact that you're sharing your story somehow especially in outlets i mean if you want to journal because something's like really private and you want to share it it's fine but the fact that um you know, you can actually do this, come into a podcast or write a blog post or, you know, do a, a YouTube series or whatever it is. You can share something so somebody else out there can hear you. For me, it's just, it's really powerful. I'm sorry. I'm just looking for something that I wanted to to just mention that has to do with that. Okay. So this, this is a quote that I found that I love. And it's, it says, um, shame dies when stories are told in safe places. So it's basically you're sharing your story. People are like receiving your story in that space of safety. It's like, you know, we're listening to you with respect and all this, you know, all the solemnity that it actually entails to listen to somebody pour their heart out out there and say, you know, this is happening to me or I'm, you know, thinking about this or whatever. And what I've found, I don't know if this was, um, this has been your experience as well, maybe with what you do now, we're going to get into that, but um I've gotten like a lot of people have reached out to me to say thanks for your podcast because now I know I'm not the only one. Like, now I know there are other women out there who feel the same way. I feel, and I, I shouldn't feel yeah. shameful. I shouldn't feel ashamed of that. I shouldn't feel, you know, ostracized. I shouldn't feel like I'm the only person in the world. Um, yeah. So definitely, really important to to share stories so that other people can 
can feel not that they're alone because you know it's not the the whole mystery likes company kind of thing. No, it's it's really more like you need support. There's people out there that are willing to do it. You yeah, know, yeah. And I think it just feels good to have a community or just to know like souls, people that that speak your soul language. I always say that, and just to know that it gives people permission. Like for me, that's what podcasting did for me when I was in that space. It was like listening to all these stories of people stepping out of whatever toxic situation, whether it's a job, whether it's a relationship, whether it's self-sabotage and how they were doing that. I was like, wow, it just gives you that hope, right? It gives you that hope and that, that belief in yourself, that empowering feeling within you that, yes, I can do that. It gives you permission. Because like you said, and I love that quote, you're, you're going to have to give me a, the exact quote and details because I got goosebumps when you said it, right? How shame, basically shame dies in safe spaces yeah. is the gist of it. And it's so true, right? I think that's, and a lot of my clients that I work with, you know, that's what I hear a lot is like, I'm afraid to speak out because like, who will care? Or will my family and friends shame me? Or I'm shaming myself because I don't like how I look in the mirror and never mind getting on a Facebook live stream or a video where others can actually see me. I think so many people, especially on social, they're comfortable behind the scenes, right? And everyone feels comfortable saying whatever they want. But when you're actually forward facing and sharing, right, it's a whole different story. I always say there's the world, I think it's one of my quotes that I posted a while ago. um, The world doesn't need any more silent followers. They just don't. They need people to step up. They need people to speak, to share, number one, your story, because you're the only one who can tell that. Um, And I actually have a bookmark. It says if a story is in you, it has to come out. And I keep that here on my desk because I'm in the process of writing my book. And believe it or not, I'm very active on social media. Videos are never a problem. Getting on podcasts, super comfortable. I've been doing it for years. The one thing that I'm so talented in and I pride myself in is writing. And yet writing the book has been the hardest thing emotionally to do. And I have that quote right here on my desk as a divine reminder every single day. If a story is in you, it has to come out. If there's something that you need to say, the world needs to hear it. Or else, as I always think, I'll die with a book inside me and nobody will ever get to read it. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I mean, it has to come out whichever way you want, but it does. I mean, I think it's important, not because, you know, it's going to get you famous or money or whatever. It's because of the, it, it is a process in itself of healing yourself. And at the same time, it's a process of getting other people to say, oh, well, if she went through that, I'm going through something similar, for example, and now she's this you know, power of nature, then I can certainly also do it. So it's about yeah. inspiring. I think it's about inspiration. And and I love that. It's I not magic, it. you know, I mean, neither mm-hmm. of us are magic and all these stories that you hear that are becoming more and more, you know, mainstream, which I really love. Even, uh, it's funny, right before we went to record this, I was listening to a podcast in the car on the way home and Goldie Hawn was on there. And I'm like, Goldie Hawn, right? You know her as an actress and, you know, Kate Hudson and all that. And now she's speaking out about how she's been meditating since the 70s and all the anxiety that she felt, you know, in Hollywood and the Hollywood lifestyle. Now she's speaking out. And I think the host of the podcast was like, wow, thank you so much. You don't have to come out and share your deepest, darkest secrets. You could stay that Hollywood persona. And she said, I love what she said. She goes, it's not about me. It's about the world. You know what I mean? Like me not sharing 
what I've been through, right, helps nobody. And we're all connected, right, at our core. So when you separate yourself, right, that's sort of that ego mindset of it's all about me. And she said, it's not about me. It's about me connected to this, this grand divine design. And so she feels it's her mission and her purpose to share her story, you know, the highlights and the lowlights. And I just thought it was so inspiring because a lot of Hollywood that I see is all spewing right negativity. And so I think it's beautiful for her to be inspiring, like you said, and be that light and show people that, you know, even beneath all the fame and glory, there's darkness within, but there are healthy ways to heal that, you know, outside of what we see in Hollywood, right? The drug overdose and addiction and 10 different marriages. And that's actually why she became anxious to start with is because she was afraid of getting caught up in that lifestyle. And so I just thought it was really fascinating. It's awesome. And she's in a very privileged position to be able to spread her message, which is it in itself, it gives her like an advantage that, like you said, most people should actually be talking about this. Like people that in her position of, you know, being famous and people knowing who they are, they should actually use that platform to do good things and to talk out about certain yeah. issues. Um, but you just, you said, you mentioned something earlier and just got me thinking, you know, people saying, oh, uh, yeah, I'm not comfortable, for example, doing a Facebook like or whatever it is, people looking at me and putting myself out there and whatnot. But I don't know why it hasn't, I know nothing in this world is a coincidence, but lately I've been watching um, videos or documentaries or something and there's at least one person who's, who was like, oh, I started my YouTube channel, for example, because uh, I was bullied, uh, I hated myself, uh, I was a fat kid, and I started doing it because I love makeup, and now she has like 10 million followers, and she has her own brand, and she, you know, she actually overcame her, uh, the things that made her feel weak, she overcame her fears by putting herself out there. Yeah. And that's who people relate to, right? Like if you don't feel beautiful inside, there's someone out there who feels the exact same, right? So I have a new ritual now where every time I got on Facebook live, I did my hair, I right. Put on all the makeup, had the studio scene. And now I just go on raw and real. I mean, I rarely even wear makeup anymore because I just want to be me. I don't want that pressure, always having that pressure to perform and to be a certain persona when you know what the person on the other end is going to feel that pressure too, because if they want to start a business, like, well, I have to be all done up or I have to look a certain way. But when you're just yourself, whoever you are, whatever trauma or right emotional distress that you've been through, sharing that, I think just gives so much comfort. You know, for me, I actually started in the wellness space and, you know, I was 70, 80 pounds overweight at my highest. And that's where I started sharing my story. Was I where I wanted to be? No. But could I still help women lose weight? Absolutely. Because that's who's going to be, they're going to be inspired by me because they know, I know what it feels like to be overweight. I know what it feels like to struggle and have an addiction to food. I know what it feels like to find comfort in all of that. You know, not a personal trainer that maybe has never even had a weight problem. You know, like the saying goes, the person who's hungry doesn't understand the person who's full right? So you've got to be along that same wavelength to be relatable, I think on video, on YouTube, right on social media. And that's just so beautiful to hear stories like that of somebody who was bullied. Uh, I always say your, your pain is your passion, right? So whatever you struggle with, that's what you're here to teach, yeah. believe it or not. Yeah. 
You're listening to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. And speaking of raw and real, so mm-hmm. you are also child-free. You're one yes. of us. <laughs> when when did you make it? It's funny because I forgot, not forgot that we were on this podcast, but I forgot like the theme you know, of your podcast. This morning I was looking it up. And just last night I was having the same conversation with a fellow creative of mine. She's an artist. She sent me, see if I can find it just so I can reiterate it. I think it was like a Christmas meme. Yeah, it was a Christmas meme with like a mother with, you know, she's got like her jammies on her Christmas jammies. And it says last minute gifts, ideas for mom, a full night's sleep, bathroom break alone, a hot meal, and not having to wipe anything for a day. Oh my God. (laughs) Motherhood, the struggles of motherhood. So she writes to me, can we not also be grateful for choosing not to have kids now or ever if we decide? And then her and I had started this whole conversation about, yeah, it's a choice. You know, if you make that choice, then, then own that choice. I know maybe it may sound heartless to some, but you know, I understand the struggles and it's good to talk about your struggles to relate to others but, you know, I, I've made a choice at this point in my life. And that's why I kind of stopped myself. Like, I don't know if I never want kids, but, you know, I'm 38. I'm going to be 39 in six months. So I don't have that much time to make a decision. So so right now it's like not even on the table for you. No, I know my husband really wants kids. And so it, it can be a very tricky conversation. I guess pains me more than anything is that I just don't have that. Like I have a lot of friends that, you know, their kids are already like 10, 11 years old. And they knew, like they knew they wanted kids. They had that mothering instinct. And I feel like I do have that instinct with everything else that I do. And I guess that's my biggest fear behind it is like, I give so much to my clients, to my business, to everything that I'm passionate about. Am I going to be able to do that with a life and then still balance, right? Everything else and not exhaust myself in the process. So, Yeah, you just reminded me of something. Uh, I read an article, it's in the Atlantic. I think I have a copy there somewhere. It was a really long time ago. And it's an article that says that women have to stop telling each other that they can have it all because that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I ever, this was a really long time ago. And I, I don't remember exactly which issue this was, but that was the first time I actually read a piece anywhere that was that open and like just raw about like just direct and honest about, you know, women cannot have it all. Just stop saying that you can be the perfect mom, have, you know, be the perfect employee or whatever, or the perfect entrepreneur. If you have your own business, the perfect wife, the perfect everything, because that's not going to happen. You're going to worry yourself thin. You know, this is more or less what you're telling me right now. And there's so much energy that you can put out there without neglecting yourself. Yes. And that for me is like the main thing. If I start neglecting myself with whatever it is, that's it. I'm done. I couldn't agree more. (laughs) I'm actually just recently coming out of that space where, yeah, I started to feel it in every aspect of my body, you know, in my physical body and relationship, just, when you start to neglect, you know, I always say how you do one thing is how you do everything, but you can't do everything. You know what I mean? Like if you do everything, you essentially do nothing because you're diluting yourself. You're 5% here, you're 5% there. You know what I mean? And at the end of the day, you're never 100% anywhere. 
right? And we already have social media that creates enough distraction, right? We don't need something else to kind of take us out of, of the present moment and really just being present with whatever it is and whatever choice that we make. Like you said, we don't, we can't have it all. You know, there is no such thing as perfect anything, perfect wife, perfect entrepreneur. You know, the journey is always, I always say it's, it's my finance background. It's like a stock chart. Life is like a stock chart. There's peaks and valleys and it's always, always up and down. And especially being an entrepreneur, I always say it's, it's an extension of your life. And it, it's taught me more about myself than any self-help book course is just being an entrepreneur. It teaches you so much about yourself. And so, yeah, I have no regrets that I don't have children in my life because I wouldn't have been able to birth this and birth that at the same time. Yeah. Um, or maybe actually, first coach has three children and she always talks about, you know, courses or offerings. She always calls them her babies. Right. So in my sense, I'm like, yeah, I do have children. They're just not in the way that everybody else <laughs> <laughs> interprets children. They just don't have my blood. Yeah, uh, exactly. I did. It just reminded me, I have a friend. She, uh, she has a daughter. She's married. And this was uh, some time ago. She wasn't happy at work because she was getting a lot of workload. Like she worked, she's uh, an accountant. And one day she just looked at me and she was like, I need to, I need to like do something about it because I'm half-assing it at work, half-assing it in my marriage, half-assing it as a mother. I don't want to be a half-ass person. And mm-hmm. that to me just spoke volumes. Like I, I, I get it. Like I get it, you know? Mm-hmm. At least I have a choice. Um, when you have a, a kid, you, you can't put it away like in a closet, like stay there for four hours and then and then I'll bring you back out when, when I'm done. You can't do that, you know. So no, absolutely not. Yeah. So tell me about your business. I want to hear about what you do um, and what the type of people that you help. Sure. So I'll kind of rewind a little bit just so everyone knows the background since I alluded to it earlier. So I started as a wellness mentor and I guess coach, you could say, because that was the point in my path when I was stepping away from corporate. Like I said, everything was out of alignment. You know, I was however many pounds overweight. I had just gotten engaged. I'm like, great. You know, I want to lose weight for the wedding. But beyond that, it was just a deeper... I've had many, many rodeos of, of you know, gaining and losing and gaining and losing. I could count them probably more times than, than my two hands. And it was just another... It was really painful for me this past time, I think, because I actually had scars. They've actually healed since then, but of wearing clothes that were not fitting for me because I was in denial. It was like, gosh, I did it to myself again. Like, how did I let this spiral out of control again? And so I think this final time and actually sharing my story and being really vulnerable on social media, that's how I started. And that's why when women come to me and like, how do I start? I'm like, just just share your story. Be raw and real. You don't have to share everything. You don't have to share your deepest, darkest moments. But what feels real to you or what message you feel, right? If stories in you, it has to come out. And so that's where I started as I was losing the weight. So people could see, right, in visual form, you know, how this was happening. But the funny thing is, and this is why I mentioned that I started in wellness coaching. I'd go to all these retreats and seminars where it's like, who do you help and who do you serve? And as I was journaling, it was all spiritual and it was all about mindset and inspiration and your calling, right? Which is not necessarily related to wellness. It is because your body is the only place you have to live, right? As Jim Rohn says, you do have to take care of yourself to be able to 
to do the work that you do. But as I was sharing my stuff on social media and building my platform and building my list, all these women and all of my clients, I got to a point where I was like, what do they all have in common? And none of them were looking to lose weight and none of them were looking to take their health in control, right? None of that. I mean, yeah, it was a piece of it. It would be, you know, touched on in conversations on on coaching calls, but they all were looking to either start a business or grow their business. And then I actually had a client, we started the first three months in the wellness space. And after that, she said to me, Hey, how how did you start your business? Because I'm really fascinated. I've seen you evolve so much in the last three to six months. Tell me everything you do. What platforms do you use? How do you write the content you write? How do you have the impact that you have on social media? Um, what types of programs do I need to get started? Right? Is it a website or should I, you know, create a course? Like, what type of offering should I do? And then all of my clients across the board, right? I, I'm tuned into synchronicity, and I always say, like, just like you, Isabel, like, wow, I just heard that yesterday. It's like you tune into synchronicity, and you see the signs. And I just had a calling and a divine download to to morph more into mentoring, you know, mentoring women to start their own business. Funny enough, my, actually, my last job in corporate, I worked in corporate finance, uh, but for a venture capital company. So funding startups, right? More apps and Googles and, you know, the Ubers of the world that are, you know, Facebook that initially started small. But I was like, why am I funding everyone else's dream when I can fund my own? And now that I've done my own, I can now teach that. I can be a mentor. I can be the light. I know exactly right? What steps to take. But of course, I always help women do it in their own way because right, my way may not resonate with you. And that's basically how I've evolved my business. Uh, but I do keep writing you know, very close to heart. So that is a huge piece of my business is, of course, content. Um, but my blog, as I told you, I'm, I'm an author. I'm currently writing my book, um, which is a um, part of the Hay House Writers Workshop. So I'm going to submit my book proposal next year. Um, if not, no worries. There's a ton of publishers out there or a self-publish and motivational speaker. That's, you know, I do speak locally in the community, um, but my goal is to take that more global and more mainstream. So if you can tell, I love to talk. <laughs> I'm very passionate <laughs> about sharing my story, sharing my message, and really just like we talked about at the beginning, like inspiring others to just step up. Whatever it is that you feel called to do, whether it's write a book, whether it's paint, whatever type of creative, that's actually what my book is about. Um, it's based on the concept of hot bohem, which is high bohemia. Like, yes, you can be a bohemian and live a free spirit and be an artist, whatever your craft is, and still attract abundance and still make money and still live your life and still have the time freedom. No, you can't have it all, but you can have what your what your priority is in life. And I do a thousand percent believe that because I live it. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's funny because I have, um, I I had had this conversation where you just mentioned about, you know, you living your true self life, being an artist or a human in in any way, whatever. And people, not everyone, but most people relate that to being broke basically. And I had this conversation with somebody. Yeah. I had this conversation. She's a healer actually. And she was telling me that for a very long time, like her own beliefs were the ones that were blocking her from making money. And then when she started making money, she started feeling, um, she started feeling guilty about making money because, you know, the way she was doing it. So it was a whole back and forth of, I don't have any money and then I do, but now I feel guilty about having it. 
Um, and she's a healer. So like, you can collect money by having those beliefs, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. They'll have those beliefs and then they'll start to attract the money. But all of a sudden they'll be like, oh, how come my car broke down? Oh, now I got to fix my fridge. It's like you're telling the universe, I don't want this money. I don't feel like I deserve it. So somehow the money comes in and the money goes out. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think it's really important to, I mean, what you just mentioned, I, I can identify with it a lot because I've done a lot of work on my relationship with money. And I think it's super important because it's not, I mean, not only money in general, abundance. And, and I think that's like really important. And if, I mean, if that's included in your program, girl, that's just like a winner. <laughs> winner ticket. It it's a module in a few of my courses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My self-development um, and my business course. I actually have a course that aligns with both streams that mm-hmm. I started. One is more wellness and kind of like knowing who you are, mm-hmm. um, but live your vibrant life. And then the second course that I created is called Freedom and Flow exactly as it sounds, right? How to find more. Because to me, money was freedom, right? And I always ask people when you're trying to work on money mindset is asking yourself, not just like, do I want money? Of course, everybody wants more money, but why? Like, what is that money going to give you that you don't currently have? And for me, it was freedom because I made six figures in my corporate job, but I was miserable. So it really wasn't the money because I had no freedom. I was in the car for three hours a day (laughs) driving to and from San Francisco. I would come home and maybe have 15 minutes to work out, eat dinner, go to bed, you know, get up in the morning, shower, do it all over again and live for the weekends, which is running errands, right? And maybe having one day off. And that's exactly when I got to that crossroads that I mentioned earlier about, no, this is not life. And that's when I moved to California. I moved to California to enjoy that whole free-spirited, right, bohemian nature. It's a beautiful, beautiful part of the world, but I wasn't living it. I wasn't like feeling laid back. I was in the hustle and bustle, right, of the startup community. And I said, you know what? Money doesn't matter because I'm miserable, right? And so when I first stepped away, it was so hard for me. And that's why right, I speak so much about money mindset because I know what it's like to not know if you can make rent next month. And I lived in the most expensive area in the United States. So there was so much pressure, right? And yes, I'm married. A lot of women think, oh, your husband. No, he didn't make enough. It's a team effort. Like for the two of us had to make money for us to survive. And I remember so many conversations and fights about it. And he said, you know what? If you can do it, if I know someone can do it, it's you, right? And I gave myself that three months because I quit cold turkey. I'm not saying I recommend that, but I quit without, with maybe a Christmas bonus. I had about three months of income, put a way to live off of. And then it was go time. So yeah, I had my back against the wall and there were many months where it was like till the last darkest hour, a sale would come in on the 30th of the month or I'd get that next. It's amazing how it works. And I have goosebumps saying that I didn't stop believing. And I just pray to the universe every single day, like, please help me. If this is what I meant to do, help me find a way. And I continue to do it. I've continued to evolve, you know, in my business. And thank goodness I don't have to have those fears anymore about, you know, can I, can I live today? Um, but at the end of the day, I always thought to myself, you know, what's the worst that can happen? I'm homeless. No, I have family. I have friends. You know what I mean? Like whatever worst case scenario that we paint in our minds in terms of money, I, you never have to worry. Right. But the potential to grow is endless. But of course, you have to have number one belief and then number two, continue to take action on that. And just like the whole money mindset, just like I said, the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. 
So your wallet, for instance, and I, I teach this in one of my courses as well, the way you keep your wallet says a lot about yourself and manifesting money as well. If your wallet's a mess, if you keep a lot of old receipts, if right everything is in disarray, just like your house, well, of course your finances will be, right? Because that's how you treat money. If you're paying every bill is late every single month, right? That's again, you know, a money mindset. Uh, and it's actually one of my clients that taught me this. She said that whenever she writes a check for something, let's say rent or mortgage or electricity, but like bills that are not fun, she thinks about what that affords her to do or have and blesses it, like has gratitude for sending that money off. And I never forgot that. And I adopted that same, same practice, um, which is why I mentioned, you know, donations and the whole 18 that we talked about in the beginning. I donate a portion of all the proceeds of my clients' money uh, to various charities, you know, every single month in the denomination of 18, because I believe, yeah, we can have guilt, like you mentioned, your friend, around receiving money, or we can understand that we deserve that. The universe, there is infinite right, abundance out there. But as long as we keep it in flow, it will always come back to you. And I think just having that belief in the back of my mind always keeps me feeling safe in that regard. Well, that's awesome. And on that note, uh, I think this is the best way to close right now our interview because unfortunately we're running out of time. Uh, you're such a great, you know, conversational list. Is that a word? <laughs> I, I was just thinking a minute ago, like, wow, we started, we've had players to this conversation and it was all organic, which I love and appreciate. I think uh, they make the best conversation. Absolutely. But before I let you go, is there anything you want to tell my audience? You have two minutes to tell them whatever you want to tell them. Remember that everything in life is not only a choice, but it's perspective, right? And so that's something that I do every single day is I question myself where I said, who says? And I'm saying this because, like you said before, we're our own worst enemies. Like the only thing blocking you from whatever it is that you want to attract in your life, a business, a partner, the only thing blocking, and that's why, by the way, I don't worry. I didn't mention this earlier. I had a doctor scare me years ago. It was like, what are you waiting for? Like, biologically, you don't have much time. The risks go up. You're past 35. And I said, you know what? I'm not worried because I know if it's meant to be, it will be. And that's truly what I believe. You know, that if it's meant to happen, time doesn't matter because in the universe, there really is no such thing as time. Again, time is a perspective, right? And this is the clearest example of how everything is perspective. Think about something that you love to do, how time flies versus being in a scenario where you're dreading like a class or having to do a task that you don't like. Time goes slow. Is time really fast or slow or is it your perception, right? And I know I learned that from Deepak Chopra, who's one of my greatest mentors um, because time did and still does stress me <laughs> out a lot because I want to do so much and I have so much to give and I'm like, oh, there's not enough time. But really, there's infinite. There is infinite time in the world. Um, and kind of as we started the call, I'll end with this. The time is now. The only time is now because the past is gone and the future determines what you do today. So if there's anything that your listeners, you're listening, you've been wanting to do, start now and start small. I'll end with that. Start now and start small. That's awesome. Well, thank you very much again for your time. I'm going to leave you guys Jessica's uh, website and all of her social media handles down here in the description of this episode. If you hear something weird in the background, it's my dog that's trying to get 
a tick of him or something. <laughs> okay, he stopped. But I will leave all the information, Jessica's information, in, in the description of this episode. And thanks again for being here. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. We hope you tune in next week for our newest episode. And since we love hanging out with you, please be sure to follow us on social media at The Honest Uproar and visit our website at thehonestuproar.com. If you like what you heard, feel free to share with your fierce, child-free firecracker friends. Until next time, Continue fueling your inner fire.